welcome to the show brain health unchaining your pain and i am really excited and really intrigued actually also to welcome violet dietry to the show welcome to the show violet hi thank you so much dr ruth i'm excited to be here so violet and i got connected i think through a guy knows a guy I'm not 100% sure how we got connected, but I thought your story was absolutely fascinating and such an important one in the context of mental health awareness. And we're in Mental Health Awareness Month at the moment, which is May. Um, and um, the topic for this discussion is always all about suicide prevention and your journey that you've been on in, in the context of that theme. So for those that don't know Violet, she's just a phenomenal person. She's a happiness advocate. She's a speaker, best-selling co-author of Ready, Set, Go with Brian Tracy and host of the Success Path show on YouTube. And Violet's vision is for an empowered church body to create on earth as it is in heaven. And she became a Christian at eight years old but was stunted by some health issues and unfortunate circumstances and life challenges. And I think we're going to dive into those as part of this show. So welcome to the show, Violet. So excited for you to be here. Yes, I'm excited too. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. So Violet, I'd love to know before we get into the into this into your story, what are you really passionate about in life right now? I am super passionate about joy, about enjoying life, about encouraging other people, about bringing hope and sharing my story, you know, and knowing that you can do business and life with joy. That's yeah. one of my passions right now. Do you know, I love that because it's so important. We often, especially if you think about the pandemic that we've been in, is some people have had that really sucked out of them, haven't they? Because of their circumstances have changed, their work work um, may have changed, their family environment may have changed, um, they may have suffered losses in their family as a consequence. And I think it's very easy, isn't it, for us to to lose it so quickly that that feeling of joy and 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 happiness uh, in the world. And I know it wasn't always that way for you so i'd love to know in the context of your life's journey what is optimum brain health mean for you personally yes dr ruth well i know you mentioned um that we just came out of a pandemic but we're actually going into another season of uncertainty right and so i'm so happy that you are bringing this to everybody's attention right now but for me optimal health you know, I picture it like Dr. Lee says that your brain is like a garden and those thoughts that you you create, you can create healthy trees or you can create, you know, ugly, wicked trees. And um, what I noticed in my journey is that the more the more I feed the positivity, the more I feed the faith, the stronger mentally I become and I'm able to guard off all the negativity. Whereas if I feed the fear, I focus on the other things, then that's when my my mindset starts spiraling down. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think also a joyous brain is a healthy brain. Mm, absolutely. And I love that analogy because we often, if we think about those thoughts, we, we like to call them automatic negative thoughts or ants mm. in our mind is it's very easy for us to focus on the negative thoughts that we keep telling ourselves. And like you say, they kind of amplify, the ants multiply <laughs> in yeah. our head. And they start, we start creating this enormous colony <laughs> of, of ants that aren't serving us, rather than, you know, creating that lovely Garden of Eden, as it were, where you've got beautiful trees growing that are really going to serve you and, and going to use the light that you bring to them rather than, you know, feeling like they're stuck in the darkness and in, in the in the shadows all the time. I'd love to know where your journey started. So I know you mentioned that you you were Christian from age eight. Could you take us back to to your childhood and how your childhood evolved, if you're happy to go there? 
Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm happy to be as authentic and transparent as possible because I know that that's only going to help other people. They're going to be um, saying, I'm not the only one that went through this. If this lady can get out of the muck that she was in from what she came from, then I can do it too. So I'm happy to share. Uh, I was a Christian at eight years old, but even prior to that, we were Catholic and we attended church all the time. And I remember feeling God when the priest used to share stories about the Bible. And, um, you know, I just really feel connected to God all of my life. Uh And then an evangelist came to our town. I came forward. I gave my heart to Christ. But uh, I remember when I was about five years old, I had been molested by a family member. Wow. And that's, I think, when a lot of it started because I try to protect myself from the bad, from the negativity, mm-hmm. but that kept me away from all the good stuff too. Right. And from there, I started getting a lot of health issues. I would be constipated. I had stomach issues. I would be sick all the time. And that was also probably the emotions trying to, um, because I was suppressing all these emotions and I didn't talk about what happened to me. Sure. I started having health issues. Then on top of that, they try to medicate me with antibiotics, (laughs) which made things worse. And then I had metal toxicity in, in because of the mercury I had in my teeth, which I don't know if it was maybe correlated with, with the emotional issues. Um, but that was something else that happened. And I started having brain fog. And when I was in school, that was one of the things that made me, feel normal made me feel like I was important because I was a gifted and talented student and they had the structure they told me what to do so I felt safe and I was thriving but then when I came out of school the brain fog got worse and worse so I lost that part of me the part that I was holding on to it was like oh no I'm not that smart person you know (laughs) anymore so how am I going to get validation and also because I was a Christian I didn't really feel part of um, I didn't feel normal I felt a little bit like a freak because Uh a lot of people were into all these things that my parents they tried to shelter me from yeah so that was rejection I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere Mm -hmm. then I wasn't succeeding I couldn't find a job and what finally um the, the straw that broke the camel's back was that my grandfather, he got ill. Right. And I was in a charismatic church where we saw a lot of healings. I was Holy Spirit filled. And I prayed for my grandfather and I felt a peace. I felt like God told me he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I had come into this prayer like, I'm just going to go for it and fight it. And, you know, but. I just said a quick prayer and I felt a peace. So I said, okay, I'll let it go. But a few days later, my grandfather passed away. And my faith plummeted. I was like, God, are you real? Are you not hearing me? Like, and all these thoughts were coming on, you know, just adding on to, to um, things about myself that were not true, that I was unloved. And then because Mm -hmm. I couldn't get a job, I was a burden to my husband. He was the only one that could bring in income to the family. I felt useless. And then I just lost hope. And, you know, where do you go where you, when you have no hope? And <laughs> one of the things um, that in the church world people say is that, wow, well, here we're going to have trouble, but in heaven, it's going to be amazing. So I was like, why don't I skip this part? Because... <laughs> Because heaven's going to be great, so let's go there. Exactly. (laughs) And and I was like in such extreme pain. I I was in pain mentally, emotionally, physically I was in pain. And I I was like, God, you know, I I made myself a toxic cocktail. And I'm like, God, I'll see you in a bit. But thank Mm -hmm. God that my husband, he felt Holy Spirit tell him, you know, get home. And usually he was a soldier back then, so he was used to work late hours. But this time he heard Holy Spirit. He came home. He found mm-hmm. me unconscious. 
I was already cold and gray. He rushed me to the ER and they brought me back to life. And that was the, the last time that I had an attempt because I had had multiple suicide attempts, even though I was a Christian, Holy Spirit filled, tongue talking, evangelical, you know, loved God and went to church almost every day, twice on Sunday. Um, But then God took me on this journey where he started revealing a lot of things, you know, uncovering the lies, revealing Mm -hmm. truth. And now it's over 10 years and I've been living a more joy filled life since then. Wow. And what what was the real turning point for you? Because I I know when we spoke before the show, we were talking about Christianity and how you felt that it 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 had failed you almost. Did is that is that what it felt like? Obviously, you mentioned your grandfather's death. Is that we? I mean, I'm a I'm a Christian. I grew up as a Catholic, and I can really relate to going to church and you know you 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 do your duty as it were and going to church and and praying and then when something happens to you in your life that is not supposed to happen to you like being like you mentioned being molested or a a family member passing away and then you feel that you've been abandoned almost by God how did that how did it how did it manifest for you in terms of that relationship that you had with god because it sounds as if that it it was it you kind of the relationship was not as strong as you hoped it would be and and almost that you felt abandoned is that right yes well god and i had a roller coaster of a relationship <laughs> it was like hold on tight and then you know, how could you? I'm so mad at you, never talking to you again. So up and down, a lot of prodigal child, me running away and then coming back and uh-huh. um, several times. But I, I finally realized that I can't do it without God. You know, uh-huh. even though I may be mad at him for things that I think that he did or allowed to happen. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I mean, he knows everything. And how am I going to make it through life without the omniscient God? But um, what brought me back to God is that he actually spoke to me. Uh I was, um, it it was after, you know, my husband had taken me back and they brought me back to life, but I was still having these chronic health issues. It was super hard for me to function. I couldn't Uh stay awake. And, you know, it, it just kept, precipitating Mm -hmm. and I was in a point of almost having a pity party I remember I was looking at a Beth um, Beth Moore book and I was like no that's not the answer I was about to start the spiral down but I Mm -hmm. felt a voice Mm -hmm. tell me Violet I love you unconditionally whether you do or you don't do anything at all I love you fully and completely because I had been trapped in performance. It was like, God, I'm checking all these boxes. I'm praying. I'm doing the thing. I'm going to church. So I felt I fell in a trap of self-righteousness, but Mm -hmm. it's not because of me. It's because of what Jesus already did. (laughs) And I realized that, you know, there was nothing I could do that could make him love me more. And even if I I didn't do what he said because I was tired that day, or even if I don't feel like it, okay, maybe I wouldn't get the blessing that he's trying to give me, but he's not mad at me. Yeah. He loved me, and that was like such a huge burden off of me. Even if I failed, he was like, okay, I'll fix it. You know, I'm your redeemer. I'm watching out for you. So just seeing God in a different light rather than seeing God as, you know, he's out to punish me. And yeah, it was a huge, huge difference. I think that's such an important point because it's so easy, isn't it? Especially when you're growing up as a child and you, you are in a certain environment uh, that, that has a faith wrapped around it, whatever faith that happens to be. And it, and it can feel oppressive 
in terms of you have to perform in order to be accepted. Um, and if you don't, there's a consequence. Um, and the consequence for yourself sounds like you won't be loved yeah. or, or, or you'll be rejected in, in some way, shape or form. It can create an enormous psychological burden on you to to need to continuously show up and be at church like you mentioned to be at church to keep going to do it twice a week to do your prayers to you know to do the your Hail Marys to do, uh, to to do all your penance and everything and it might and it gets to a point sometimes for people like it sounds like it did for you where it would never for you felt like you were doing enough to, mm -hmm. to please him. And so you get into this really vicious cycle that it's almost like I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And that cycle keeps, keeps going and it will play back based on our past experiences. And we'll start us like you talked about the garden is we'll associate what we're doing now with past experiences and in essence strengthen the growth of the weeds rather than feeding the beautiful trees that you have and allowing those trees to grow. Right. And also um, my identity in Christ, I was believing lies that I was a black sheep um. that I had mental health issues running in my family mm -hmm. um, because one of my uncles, he was on lithium or something. And even mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with, um, what is it called? Some personality disorder, mm -hmm. um, which by the definition, I can see why they would think that. But now nobody would know that I was dealing with all those things. Mm -hmm. And I was set free. But our brain it looks for evidence when you focus on something and i was focusing on oh i'm the black sheep i'm never gonna get it right i'm never gonna figure this out so my brain was looking for evidence for that and it it found it <laughs> right but i mean then, we, we, what we put our attention to is how we show up so but then when you open the bible and you see yourself how god sees you then my I mean, I had memorized parts of the Bible as a child. I would win prizes for memorizing the Bible. And I'm looking at these verses now and it's like, fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. It was in me all along. Yeah. And it's just about opening those shutters, isn't it? and letting the light in yeah. and knowing that it's in there inside of you. But sometimes based on our life circumstances and it, it you know we when you were, were molested at age five that's when your brain is incredibly young mm -hmm. and developing and so your survival mechanism is what you have at the age of five and so you do what's necessary to survive at that age and for you it it it, it was not talk about it because that was your survival coping mechanism and obviously that would have manifested throughout your life is not talking about it not expressing yourself it became quite difficult and like you say you start looking for these things based on your mindset if you're in a negative mindset you'll look for all the things that are negative mm -hmm. but if you're in a positive mindset then you start to look for the great things that happened in the day so I'd love to know what was the real shift? So you, you mentioned you, you went, obviously you've, you felt that God had really left you when your grandfather died um, and, and you spiralled really down quickly, but fortunately your husband uh, and the medical professionals saved you. What, and he's ultimately the angel for me, my, you know, how I see it, he's your angel walking on earth. Um, it, what was the big turning point for you in your journey how did you start realizing that that you can you are enough and joy sits within you how did you start peeling back those layers to to reveal the joy that was inside all along yeah well i think holy spirit had a lot to do with it because even uh -huh. when 
I was seeking help. Uh, I was hospitalized twice. Baker acted twice. Um, once because, you know, they had to bring me back to life. And another time just because I wanted help. Yeah. And, um, but it, it wasn't like an actual moment that just, whoop, it flipped the switch. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically like, well, I tried it. Let me try something else. And um, I actually had another prodigal moment during that time. And I was hanging around the wrong people. Uh -huh. um, but the people that I was hanging around with were non-judgmental. At least I saw them non-judgmental. They yeah. accepted me. We would go out dancing and drinking, which is totally not the right thing to do. But God still was watching over me and was taking me on this journey little by little to where I was, you know, perfectionism and being safe and all that had helped, helped me, kept me trapped so I couldn't be mm -hmm. myself. And when I was going on these little outings, you know, I felt like, you know, more laid back and not having to worry about what people thought or, and, and that just brought me joy. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I started feeling joy. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this feeling? I like it. I want more of it. <laughs> <laughs> and what were those outings that you used to go on? Were they, they trips with the church or what were they? No, unfortunately, like I said, I was, um, I was still going to church because I knew uh -huh. I had to hang on to God, uh -huh. but I, I was over here hanging out doing the wrong thing. Okay. Because I was still trying to figure things out. I didn't totally trust God. Okay. Um, so it was just like ladies night going out drinking. Okay. But then I figured out that, you know, these women needed help and how was mm -hmm. I supposed to help them if I'm not, fully having a relationship with God, how am I supposed to pray for them, help them to get out of whatever issues they were having? Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, uh-uh, I am leaving this, going back fully to God. But that was me just like letting go and being able to not worry about being judged or mm -hmm. doing things right. And mm -hmm. that helped me to start feeling joy. Mm -hmm. So that's when that's why I write about my happiness strategies. And mm -hmm. then um, God also, he told me at one point in time to not do anything at all. All I needed to do um, was focus on supplements mm -hmm. because I met a naturopathic doctor that actually put a name to what the some of the health issues that I had. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, OK, first joy. Now I have hope. You know, let me try this. And how do people with cancer and those type of serious decisions make it is to be positive. Hmm. And that's what I, I try to do. I'm, I'm, you know, doing affirmations, thinking positively. And not that it was a blessing, but I couldn't get upset. Otherwise, I would be out for one or two days. My body mm -hmm. was so sick that it couldn't handle negative emotions I was so sensitive I could feel it throughout the day wow. I was disappointed or frustrated I could feel it like you know uh, a burden another burden more burden uh, you know so yeah. I started realizing wow our emotions those could really make a big difference in my life whether I focus on positivity letting things go not crying over spilled milk kind of thing and you know or being upset at myself being mad that i'm sick and so god took me through a period of rest and he took care of everything and i was like oh my goodness nobody died the world is still going it's not <laughs> all on my shoulders so another layer you know came off that um just helped me to be less micromanaging, less OCD, and mm -hmm. more like, oh, whatever happens, that's fine. I, you know, and I'm not perfect in any of these at all. I am still growing and learning, 
which is also encouraging because there's new levels of joy that I'm going to experience later. <laughs> right, right, exactly. There's always another level. And, I, and I'd love to know, you mentioned that you had um, mercury poisoning because of the uh of the fillings in your teeth which many people may still have in their teeth um where, when did you realize that was causing some of the brain fog issues and also quite possibly some of the depressive issues that you were experiencing when did you realize that was um causing you problems yeah and that was quite a relief that um my naturopathic doctor told me about that because mm -hmm. I thought it was just me. I came to a point where I couldn't even understand what you said because my brain would only hold on to the last word you told me. Yeah. And, but my naturopathic doctor, he said, oh, the mercury combined with the braces, it didn't just have like a addition effect. It had an exponential effect. So X to the whatever power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, Oh, so putting a name to what I had, it just relieved me because I'm I'm not crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I, it can hugely. I know people who've been hugely impacted by uh, mercury poisoning. Dr. Mark Hyman is, you know, one of them who, you know, who talks to, talks a lot about functional medicine. But I have friend, friend, you know, friends who've been impacted in the coaching world as well, and and it just really completely destroys your brain function because you've got these toxins in your brain um that are the limiting your ability for your brain to work properly and like you say brain fog is a is a classic and also depressive symptoms are another classic mm. um symptom that you may experience how long did it take for you to um get your brain back as it were from a, from a functional perspective after they were taken out well, my naturopathic doctor put me on uh, some detox protocols, mm -hmm. and then I had to change naturopathic doctor. So I didn't get the mercury out right away because that mm -hmm. would have been more detrimental to my health, okay. according to my naturopathic doctor. Yeah. He had to strength, make sure that my body was strong enough wow. to handle the, the, the surgery. Mm -hmm. And thank God that we did find somebody that could actually do it safely because sometimes they just take it out, however, and then you swallow the yeah. mercury. And so even that was important to find somebody that knew how to do it in a safe way. Wow. But um, it it didn't take long at all, surprisingly. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> like, you were saying that the story is fascinating. Me looking back, the story is fascinating to me that I can walk, that I have my brain functions back. Um, but I did want to mention, just in case anybody out there might need to hear this, when I have my menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. these things, I start noticing them again. Mm -hmm. So I have to be very careful during during that time because I notice that those patterns start, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's why. And I mm -hmm. think men also go through some hormonal cycles. But I mm -hmm. noticed that um, for some reason, you may know, I, yeah. I don't know what the medical reason is, but I noticed that I get kind of sensitive and it, mm -hmm. though I get tempted to go back into a little bit of a depression. Yeah, I mean, our hormones enormously regulate our mood uh, and they're part of our mood regulation just generally. <laughs> Um, and and so it can obviously for women as we go through our cycle, it can hugely impact us. I know for me personally, when um, when I was much younger, I I always knew that I was just about to start my menstrual cycle because I'd have a dizzy day <laughs> where I'd lose everything. I wouldn't remember where I put anything, um, and and I'd also have a crying day, which could be the same day or the following day, but it would always be a sign that I was just about to um to go into my menstrual cycle so it, it affects us all differently depending on how our hormones influence our brain um and and our brain type as well so it you know depending on how your brain has developed um will would it and how your hormones regulate themselves because we don't all women we don't all have the same hormonal fluctuations we can be wildly varied <laughs> yeah um, my, my mom and sister don't get the same symptoms that i get yeah 
Yeah, and I don't think we really necessarily acknowledge it. You know, for women, it can be hugely like a roller coaster journey, like you mentioned with with God. But actually, with your own self, it can be an enormous roller coaster journey in the in the month, because you get you can go from a great high and feeling very, you know, when you're when you're in the fertile period, you you feel very sensual, uh, or some women may do. Um, to feeling very low um, just before just before your period starts or even during your period itself depending on the pains and the cramps that you're experiencing so yeah but thank god that the brain fog once it was treated uh, I mean I felt a lot better almost right away I want to say within a couple of months that wow that's great yeah i'm so pleased and i know you mentioned um you know when you were when you're in your in your darker place you you have we're experiencing emotional pain you're experiencing physical pain it's experiencing mental pain but also it sounds like you're experiencing spiritual pain because you couldn't get connected with the spirit and also with what you were passionate about, with your core values, um, with your, the direction of travel you wanted to go in life. And they're like the four quadrants of our well-being. And we often can only often only pay attention to one or two of them. Often we talk about our mental and physical well-being, but actually our emotional well-being is hugely, hugely important as as you as you know as well as our spiritual well-being is that connection to ourselves and loving ourselves because it's the it's the longest relationship we'll ever have is the relationship we have with ourselves um uh, and also connecting to to a higher power or or to the planet whatever your faith um happens to be or whatever you feel really grounds you is really important as well and i i love that you talked about the five pillars of brain health it, as you went on your journey, which is your feelings, your actions, your connection to yourself and and to others, and also to God. The thoughts that were driving your your emotions, your feelings, and also how your surroundings uh, influenced you too. So I'd love to dive into the five pillars to do a fun facts quiz now, if you're ready. Sure. Um, so <laughs> let's just go so feelings um which feelings drive everything so there are emotions and i often like to think they're the the programs that run in the back of our mind and if we don't pay attention to them um then we can quickly spiral downwards if we're if we're in a neg negative mindset so let's go with the positives what is the funniest thing that has ever happened to you um can I also say my most embarrassing? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> happy to. Some people get really embarrassed saying their most embarrassing, but if you're good to go with that one, that's great. <laughs> yeah, well, the most embarrassing is when I was growing up, I would wet the bed. Oh. And that was, oh my gosh, so embarrassing. And I actually felt a little bit embarrassed mentioning it here. Mm -hmm. But that was the first thing I thought of when I, I read that statement. And I'm like, because I'm embarrassed, I'm gonna mention it because I'm gonna beat this. I'm not gonna be embarrassed about it anymore. I was young, there were things that I was going through. And yes, it was embarrassing. But hey, look where I am now. And yeah. so and the Oh, go ahead. I just want to say, you know, you're not the only person that's mentioned that on the show. So Barbara Gustafson, who was previously on the show talked about her um experience embarrassing experience when she was young and i i i always used to have the struggle of wetting myself as well when i was little especially if my family tickled me oh. um and and actually bedwetting is a sign that there's trauma um, yeah, for kids really i think people think it's funny but actually it's, it's typically a sign that the child has experienced some kind of trauma that needs to be addressed because they're fearful and they and so they they wet wet the bed so thank you so much for sharing that yeah. it's, you know it's really there's nothing to be ashamed of it, it in it's just it's just a trauma that's not been dealt with and it's really important that parents 
create the safe space for a child uh, and, and, and understand what it is that is bothering them so that they can unchain their pain. Um, and there are many ways you can do that. And I have a, a, a course on my, on my site to help parents um, help their children. So it's really important. So thank you for bringing that yeah. to everyone's attention because it's a topic we don't really talk about, isn't it? Yeah. But so many of us experience as children and we can hold on to it um as it, almost a thing of shame but there's no shame in it it's it's just you've it's often associated with trauma and the the more more also that you leave things under the carpet the more power they have so exactly let them out. <laughs> especially if it helps other people exactly exactly actions what's the most rewarding or fulfilling thing you've ever done um did you want to hear the funniest though Oh, yeah, we'll feelings? go with that. Yeah, go back with the feelings that we've done the embarrassing. Let's go with the funniest. <laughs> well, you know, since I started feeling joy and wanting to enjoy life, no matter if I wasn't feeling well or whatever, uh -huh. if things weren't ideal, I went on this journey of we've got to do something exciting, adventurous. And we were living in Germany when we traveled to Switzerland. My husband was in the military and they sometimes have little excursions that they prepare for us and i was like oh awesome i'm gonna go skiing and me thinking it was gonna be super easy i just got on this big old lift first of all we went the wrong way because we didn't know how to speak the language and we didn't know how to read the map <laughs> <laughs> and i went on this big old ski which should have been a red flag like wow if it's a big ski lift that means that this is probably an expert ski lift not like the little buttons that the children hold to go up the hill so you know i got on this ski lift and i was stumbling on there and i got on there and for at first it was like jurassic park like ooh, ah like beautiful you know you get to go up top and see this beautiful blanketed countryside with snow and all these amazing trees but then i was coming off the lift and i had no idea how to come off it was like a bridget jones moment <laughs> but i'm like okay i'm just gonna watch what everybody else is doing they're doing this to the skis and then they just go and i'm like okay i'm just gonna and go and bam flat on my face stop the whole lift People that were getting on from miles behind us were like, what happened? You know, <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was kind of embarrassing, but super funny at the same time. Well, at least you didn't hurt yourself. I'm so pleased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a Bridget Jones moment. I just brought back, mem back the flashbacks from the film Bridget Jones. Oh, wow. I'm so pleased you didn't hurt. Did you hurt yourself? You didn't, no. did you? Yeah, so, so many people can the, do. So. The snow was very fluffy there oh, in Switzerland. Lucky. So, yeah. Being so different. Just my my pride. <laughs> but thank so, God I was never going to see any of those people again. So. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, um, going on to the next pillar, which is actions, what's the most rewarding or fulfilling thing you've ever done? Well, in graduate school, well, even when I started going back to school, after I had the do nothing phase, I went back to college, finished my degree. And they had us do these little discussion boards of because I was doing virtual school. And instead of actually interacting with a student face to face, we would have to discuss things on a discussion board. And I could wow. barely I could barely write like a hundred word discussion board thing. And then in graduate school, they had us writing these papers, you know, but um, the most rewarding thing was writing my book. Yay! <laughs> Going from not being able to write a hundred discussion words, you know, and to just sitting down one afternoon. I just have a chapter in this book, but, yeah, you know, I was able to just, just write your story and not overthink it, not perfectionism. Just get it out there the Let's way it comes out. out. And so that was a major, major win. Well, well done you. Thank you. And, and you know, Amy, she was, she was on the show, Amy Kardashian in episode four. She, she wrote her book and she's 
acutely dyslexic um oh. and so it, it you know don't let any thing stand in your way of writing if that's what you really want to do because you've got the power to do it if you really want to do something the only person's opinion that matters is your own so well done you for doing that thank you for sharing that um so i'd love to go on to the next one which is connection to yourself what is the most important value that guides you in life fun <laughs> brilliant I like fun and freedom, but I think fun right now is uh, it, it's very special because it even helps me get over fear. Some people say oh. faith over fear, yeah. but I guess I don't have enough faith. So fun over fear. <laughs> yeah, when I make something fun, when I have to go on a presentation or when whenever I feel um, a little trepidation about something new that I'm going to do in my life, uh -huh. or I'm doing a project. If I make it fun, it just makes it so much easier to get through. And I change the outlook on it and everything just uh -huh. becomes easier. I think fun over fear equals faith. Okay. <laughs> because you've got faith in yourself that you can figure it out. <laughs> so I, th I think I think it goes hand in hand. And I love that you, you know, fun over fear. Because we can get ourselves so tied up in knots, yeah. can't we? Yeah. And not, and not see the excitement in doing something and actually excitement and fear are almost the same mm. but one is a positive emotion but with or, with the same physiological uh, effects so mm. our heart races <laughs> we want to do something uh we we may start sweating we may we we may start breathing faster but actually, one of them is excitement and fun, and the other one is is fear. So when we can shift it and turn it into looking at it in a positive way, where it's where it's fun <laughs> and not fear, um, is really powerful. Is is taking that physiological. So this is like taking your emotion and your actions and looking at how you can mesh them together in a in a in a positive way so i love i love that yeah um i'd love to go on thoughts now because we when we started the conversation it was thoughts that really started you on a downward spiral is the thoughts that you were telling yourself and listening to more importantly that were that really weren't serving you and they were hurting you so when you think back to your thoughts, what's the stupid or crazy thought you've often told yourself in the past that isn't true? Wow, so many. <laughs> got another book to write. <laughs> yeah, well, even like recently, because my husband made $5,000 last month on a sales challenge that we were having and I didn't make anything. Uh -huh. So I was thinking, you know, Oh, I guess entrepreneurship's not for me. Oh, you know, um, I guess so-and-so is God's favorite. I'm not his favorite anymore. I lost that position. You know, I'm never going to reach my goals. Why even try? You know, just these, all these thoughts just try to come back. I, I think because I gave them so much power in the past that I wow. guess in my neurons, there's still a little bit of a pathway there. Mm -hmm. So it's like where my brain is used to going through that road, just like in a trail, you can tell where people are worn, well-worn, well-worn, right? <laughs> so they try to come back, but you know, when I, I talk to my husband and then he helps me to remember who I am in Christ, you know, that he has good plans for me. And that I am, you know, I am loved and I am good enough. I, I am worth yeah. it. And, um, you know, I love that analogy you talked about, that the trails were well worn, because that is exactly how it works in your mind, is when you keep walking the trail, yeah. it will keep getting more visible and stronger and easier to walk. But if we just spend our time and attention on the positive things in life, and less of attention on the negative and challenge the negative self-talk by asking ourselves, is it true? Uh, and there's five steps. Is it true? 
Is it 100% true? How do I feel with that thought? How do I feel without it? And then we create the turnaround to the thought, which is the opposite. So I'm not enough is, is one I think you just mentioned. I'm never going to make it is uh, I'm never going to make it is not true because <laughs> you can. <laughs> so we so we challenge it. How do you feel with it? Not very good. How would you feel without it? Really empowered. What's the turnaround of the thought? I can make it. I've done it before and I can do it again. And then we'd use that as as an example. It's got to be right for you. But then we use that as our positive affirmation to move us forward in life. And what happens then is we start carving our own trail that's in a, a positive direction. And it's hard to carve a new path. It's like getting your machete out and creating a new one. But as you start building this new path, all the weeds start growing on the old one. And it's much harder to go back because you've let the plants and the trees grow that need to grow there. And that hot path is no, not as easy to go back on. And the longer you leave it, <laughs> the more those weeds will grow. The heart, And then eventually you can't go back because the path's no longer there. And that's the power of our mind is that actually if we, if we don't pay attention to our negative thoughts, our brain naturally prunes itself because it needs to be efficient. So pay attention to the positive ones, pay no attention to the negative ones, and your brain will naturally prune away the negativity. So that's why positive affirmations are so powerful and so important. And also celebrating your wins. Right. Exactly. The way I fought some of those thoughts were like, oh, remember the summit on Christian suicide prevention that you did with Tom Ziegler and Joyce Meyer's daughter and Marilyn Hickey's daughter? Like, what do you mean you can't do this and you're exactly. not worth Yeah. So you have to look for the examples, the evidence that squashes the negative thought, the ants. Yeah, yeah. And and you you did that. And that's so important as as we as we take the power away from those from those thoughts. Because once we take the power away, once we understand the emotions that are tied in, because emotions have power, when we understand all of that, we can break the chain uh, and win back back our own personal power. So great job. Well yeah. done. So I'd love to go on to surroundings now. What is the most beautiful place you've ever visited and what makes it so special? That is a tough one because there are so many beautiful places <laughs> that my husband and I have visited. Like I said, we lived in Germany. We got to visit all the surrounding countries there. We would just look at a map, point there, and we'd say, okay, let's take a day trip there. Um, you know, we lived in Florida, Miami, uh -huh. and we visited a lot of the beaches there. We lived in Colorado. Wow. Gorgeous. All over. 14ers, lots of beautiful mountains. Um, but just the, our, our trip to Hawaii right before the pandemic was so, uh -huh. so special. Not only because it was gorgeous, but also all the miracles that God did. And, you know, it was a last minute trip and it was challenging at first, but everything worked out. And we went, uh, we actually went island hopping from the big island to, I think it's Oahu, wherever Honolulu okay. is. And we, we, we were going to be there for the fireworks. So during the day we were like, well, what do we do? Oh, let's, we like hiking, you know, a little bit of light hiking, um, especially now that I'm better and I can walk and everything. Uh -huh. And so we went up this mountain called Diamond Head Trail. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't actually. And it was such a pain because you have to <laughs> climb all these steps. It's like a hundred steps. I don't know, some a huge number of steps. I don't even want to remember because if I think about it, <laughs> it would have stopped me from probably going up there. I don't know. I like adventure anyway. But you had to crawl under this thing and then you look up and you're on top seeing the whole ocean and the island. Wow. It was like 
uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like heaven on earth. Wow, that gorgeous, sounds wonderful. That's wonderful. That's actually us up there, my husband and I. Oh, okay. I can <laughs> see this in the background. <laughs> I'd love I'd love to um go back if we will because we've got to surroundings and surroundings ma massively influence us if we go back to the time when uh you were at your your deepest darkest place um how did you um leverage the power of not only your mind but also the power of of what was around you to to break free from the suicidal thoughts that you were having if if you don't mind going there back there again because i think it's a really important topic for some people um well i it, it was a little bit challenging for me because i didn't know how to get help mm -hmm. counseling didn't help it actually made things worse antidepressants made things worse me trying to get help made things worse um there was how did counseling make it worse for you because i think this is a really important point because some people <clears throat> it's very difficult to talk about stuff and sometimes when we do talk about stuff it 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 strengthens those networks that we don't want to be revisiting we, we don't want to be going back down the path how how did it make it worse for you yeah for one it had me relive the same thing over and over yeah which it's is like if you know the the person that was hurting me was hurting me over and over again yeah. and also um th the gentleman that was doing the counseling with me he was trying to mimic mimic me but i found that disrespectful i mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm like you should be awake and model what i'm supposed to be but he was trying to mirror me okay and i was in a despondent tired state mm -hmm. so and i was like that's so rude <laughs> and, and then my psychiatrist tells me uh you're not as bad as you think and i'm like okay i've had multiple suicide attempts i have like cuts all over my body i bled a puddle of blood and i want to go and jump in front of a bus right now or jump out of a window and you say i'm not as bad as i think <laughs> yeah that's pretty much not not what you want them to say is it when you're really chronically need of support yeah and then also i felt uncomfortable because one of the exercises that um one of the like psychologist was doing with me which he had a doctorate uh was like for me to ground myself and which i understand the exercise now but when he was describing it he was describing my bra touching me and i had experienced sexual abuse and this was a man telling me to feel my bra yeah, that's pretty insensitive that, that kind of triggered me yeah yeah and i think it's really important you bring those points up because professionals make mistakes yeah yeah um and if you need help fight and the person that you've got is not serving you and not providing you with the right support then it's important that you keep searching for that support that's going to serve you but it's hard because it is hard i was scared to get bay corrected again so why am i going to go seek help again yeah I, I ran away from an army installation because they were going to you know hospitalize me again mm. yeah it is hard it is hard i mean it here in the uk we have a we have a, a very difficult crisis because there isn't enough mental health support on the in the system of the of the nhs to serve people and the waiting mm -hmm. lists are, are insane um so you know what we do within the academy the wellbeing warrior academy is offer group weekly group coaching um so people have instant access to support and they don't actually have to say anything about their experience to unchain some of their pain 
which is so important for people who have been in a position of abuse, molestation, whatever it happens to be, who actually, like you say, you don't want to talk about it. You just want to be set free of of the pain and suffering that you're in. You don't want to have to go and revisit it over and over and over and over again uh, in the hope that talking about it is actually going to make it easier. It sometimes doesn't do that in any by any stretch of the imagination, like you say, it just, it's a place you don't want to go. What helped me more was going to the beach, getting some yeah. sun, getting some fresh air, getting away from, you know, the four walls where I was mm -hmm. bored and being reminded of that I was nothing or all those negative thoughts just swimming in my head, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. having a change of scenery. Yeah, and, and, you know, connecting with nature is such a powerful tool mm. from a mental health perspective. There's so many studies that have shown the benefits of just stepping outside, like you say, our four walls and connecting with nature and knowing that beauty is all around us. We just have to go look for it and beauty is within us. We just need to go look there too. Yeah, and it was interesting when we moved here to San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. You know how they say, they suggest for you to stop and smell the roses? We have a rose bush right outside of our house. So in the pandemic, we would take our walks every day and admire those huge, beautiful smelling flowers. And yeah, nature does help. It does help. It does help. Violet, it's been amazing talking to you. How, what one piece of advice would you give to anybody who has experienced a, a trauma, ha, had a traumatic experience and has, you know, is having suicidal thoughts and they're struggling to find hope uh, and find joy in life? What would, what would your one piece of advice be to people who are in that position at this time? Well, for one, there is hope. Look at my story. You know, I went from totally on one side in the darkness to now living more in the light. And look at what I would have missed. We've had so many adventures, beautiful things happen. My life has been turned around. And, you know, I just, another thing is always remember that God loves you. Mm. He loves you just the way you are. He's never given up on you. He has you in the palm of his hand. He wants to run there to you in whatever circumstance that you're in. And you can always call on him for help, for him to comfort you, for just feel his loving embrace because he loves you unconditionally. But of course, if you're in a crisis situation, please get help because you do matter you do matter and, and one of the crisis lines is to talk to the samaritans if you're in in dire need of needing somebody to talk to so we'll put the link link below in the show notes violet how can people get hold of you and and find out more about the amazing work that you do in your book and and everything else that is happening in your life right now yeah they can reach me on my website at www.violet dtree.com and uh, also I'm on YouTube as you mentioned earlier and on Instagram it's violet underscore dtree lovely lovely thank you Violet so much for coming on the show it's been absolutely a brilliant pleasure talking to you hearing your story and hearing that there that you found hope and it and we like as Amy Kardashian says hope is having open possibilities every day and and we all all can find that little piece of hope and if you can't find it get somebody to help you find it with you um thank you violet for coming on the show my honor thank you as well so remember this show is all about brain health unchaining your pain you are not stuck with the brain you have you have the power to make it better and violet has been here with us to show you how This broadcast is brought to you by WinCheck Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income.
We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.